Hey, Crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today is a guest we have long been a fan of here at Crack Rackets. Of course, you all probably know her best as a 2022 NCAA singles semifinalist and now the 2022 ITA All-American Women's Singles Champion. Welcome onto the show, UNC Rising Junior Fiona Crawley. Fiona, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me. I'm a big fan as well. I love Crack Rackets. You guys do a really amazing job. Um, I love the work that you guys do. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I'm blushing already. That's a good start. You warmed me up with some compliments. Clearly, you've listened to the show. You know how this works. I will say I'm repping the three-peat shirt for the National Indoors. Yeah, shout out to Joey Calvis for sending me this. I always say I was on the call for all three. So, you know, it's my three-peat too. So I feel like I've earned this, right? That makes sense. No, you got to represent. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Something like that. But obviously, it's been a busy start to the 2023 season for you. And you kick things off by becoming the second player in program history to capture the ITA All-American Women's Singles title. Let's just start there. Uh, What does it mean to you to have won that title and bring it home to your program? I mean, honestly, I'm just I'm so humbled to be able to represent Carolina, my coaches, my team. Um, it's an honor as is like being able to go to practice every day with, you know, nine other amazing players and three amazing coaches. Um, but to be able to win a championship that only one other one other teammate has done, it's honestly, I'm still two weeks later, time kind of gets warped in college, but I'm still I'm still shocked and I just love playing tennis, but but to do that, it really does mean a lot to me. And to have the support that I had doing it, I know that I couldn't have done it without it. So it's honestly words can't describe just how fortunate I feel. Mm-hmm. And you were coming off of an NCAA single semifinal. So obviously, 
there must have been some sort of self-confidence that you could compete at this level. But, you know, for you to drop only one set, what do you think clicked so well for you on court all week long? Had to help to play a couple of teammates, right? You're like, at least I know this one. (laughs) I mean, playing teammates, it's playing Carson. We play each other, you know, every day in practice, but having to play each other in a match is, is different. And I honestly think that that was, you know, just, it's emotionally really hard and um, challenging to have to go out. It's like, I have an older sister and when we would have to go play, you hate to win, you hate to lose. Actually with Celine, <laughs> I kind of like beating her being the younger sister, but um, no, with teammates, it's, it's, it's never, you know, cause we all want to, and, and I'm sure Carson and Abby having to play in the quarters is tough. Um, that draw, it could have been an all Carolina semifinal. Um, but, but no, to, to go, um, I've kind of gone on a tangent and I've forgotten the original question. Well, <laughs> I'm no, being honest. No, it's, <laughs> welcome to the cracked interviews podcast. That's how it works here. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, for you on court to nerd out a little bit, one thing I noticed and in the final, especially semifinals as well, you served really well. Was that something that was a focus this off season? Um, I think definitely. I I love just playing, like being a baseliner and so many balls from baseline, just getting balls back. And I have been working on trying to move in and be more confident with short balls and trying to get that first volley. But serving definitely has been a weakness of mine um, since I started playing tennis. I've never been the strongest. I've never been, um, you know, the most athletic getting up and then snapping down. But it's definitely something that didn't used to be reliable let alone a strength. Um, and so it's definitely something that I've worked on for sure. And as boring as going out and hitting a basket of serves is I'm, I love tennis because it's dynamic. I'm bouncing around for the rest of my life. I was a gymnast growing up and I feel like that really helped me, but hitting just like a stationary basket of serves, it's it's brutal. It's torture for me, but it's something that I feel like I've, I've forced myself to do a lot and, um, it definitely has paid off. Yeah, no, I, can imagine that it, it's very fun to go out there and hit a basket of serves now it would be miserable i can't even you know again when you're like 12 it's fun yeah 15 it sucks it gets fun again around like 22 that's what that would be i would 22 I would okay yeah so just hold I'll on let a you know in years. two years yeah <laughs> exactly like you know what this is worthwhile could be worse is at that point um but you know for you in particular it's interesting because I think you are plenty athletic out on court and, you know, you are someone who is always aggressive. I feel like trying to take that ball inside the baseline. Is that something you've doubled down on, you know, as you've continued to progress or is, you know, you talk about moving forward more, maybe even stepping back a little bit. Have you, you know, worked in other off speed things over the past couple of seasons? Right. Um, I think definitely holding the baseline mm-hmm. um, is something that I've developed. I, I feel like from growing up, I always kind of had a tendency to step in. Like that's just my nature to not, I'm not three feet behind the baseline. I like to be on the baseline and kind of try to pick up and absorb pace because I struggle with creating my own power. Um, So that's something that I've kind of had to lean on, but I feel like I've learned coaches have really helped me learn how to translate that to the, using the complete baseline. So not moving back when I'm pulled out wide, but rather cutting it. Um, and shortening my swing and trying to trying to absorb the pace and just redirect the ball um, is definitely easier than, you know, going back and trying to muscle the ball out for me, which it, it doesn't really complement my game style. Um, 
but that as well as trying to move in and slice, which is on doubles has helped me a lot with that because I've never been the most confident in net. Um, and shout out to Sophia Patel who has single-handedly convinced me that I like the net somehow <laughs> um, by just saying it, telling me over and over and over every day in practice matches, like, hey, you love the net. Um, so that's really helped change my mindset. Um, and I feel like it's definitely translated from doubles to singles as well. It's good to hear the yells of encouragement translates from matches to practices too. I'm glad that's consistent. Yeah. Um, that, that's yeah. good to hear. And, you know, I was nerding out in the research for today's show and I noticed you've only played one pro event since 2019. And obviously you come out to a very strong start here in 2022. Uh, I'm curious what you were doing this summer to get match repetitions and what you were working on. Or You don't you know, want to know what I was doing this summer. A little step away from the court. Well, sometimes that's good too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so I guess after NCAAs, I went home for about two weeks mm-hmm. and I didn't really play tennis. I kind of just caught up with friends and it was super nice. All of my friends from high school um, go to UT. And so they're just in Austin or San Antonio coming back. So that was really nice. I got to hang out with my parents, my brother who just recently moved back to San Antonio. So I guess we went to go hit a little bit and I, I caught up with my coach. Um, but no training or anything kind of just, uh, recovery almost. And obviously I love tennis and the mental health gets worse when I don't play. So I like to keep some sort of routine going. Um, but then after that, I came back Coach has a really awesome summer camp in Chapel Hill that some of my teammates and I like coaching. So I did that for a few weeks. And then I took a few trips. I went to New York City with my best friend, Sarah McClure, on the team. We're also roommates. Um, And that was probably the best trip I've ever been on in my life. I don't know who let both of us 20-year-olds go to New York City together for (laughs) six days alone. (laughs) But that was really, really fun. Um, Unforgettable memories. And then I actually went to my, both my parents grew up in East Lansing, Michigan and went to Michigan state. So we have family up North and my mom has a cottage on Higgins Lake. So we, I guess, so I flew back to, to Texas for one day and then my sister and my parents and I all took the three day drive to Michigan from Texas. And my brother tapped out and met us up there with his girlfriend, Camille, but some definite family bonding. (laughs) No, this explains why I've long been a fan of your game. I mean, it helps that you win a lot. That's always fun to root for, (laughs) but um, the Michigan roots. So I'm from the suburbs of Detroit. I feel like you can see it on me. Yeah. And so now it make, it's all starting to come together. I see all the Midwestern. Yeah, exactly. The three day drive from Texas. Yeah. Which I I did not help. I was a passenger. Which is a fun fact we will explore later because now that you've told me that, I mean, we got to talk about it a little bit more, but I'm curious. And I know the pandemic kind of meant everyone was away from the court for at least four weeks, but when was the last time, you know, camps aside, you took eight weeks just away from the court and not really focused on training. And how helpful was that for you? Yeah. Um, Age four, five. Do we have to go pretty far back? So I may be exposing myself, but my <laughs> sophomore year of high school, um, I got in really big trouble because <laughs> it was still to this day <laughs> the only match. No, it wasn't. It was it was actually tennis related. Um, it was the only match of my life that I've ever fully tanked. 
And it was because it was my birthday weekend and my best friend and I from home, we have the same birthday, February 7th. And it's rodeo season in San Antonio, (laughs) February 7th and all through early February. And we had this big plan to go to the rodeo and my parents signed me up for a level two national um, that weekend. And I played the first match and then I was like, please, mom, dad, I really want to go to the rodeo. I don't want to have to play all of this. And they were like, no, you signed up for this. This is a really good opportunity. You're going to go play. And I was like, fine, I'll show them me 16 year old self. So I go on court and like, it's still like, haunts me today because it was it was pretty bad it was very bad and so after that I was not allowed to play tennis um for a while that was my punishment so that's my parents knowing me and it was pretty brutal I want to say like probably like a month six weeks um so that was the last time but before that I don't think I've ever taken any time off (laughs) I just want you to know that when you said I got in serious trouble I was like oh my god what's she gonna say Am I gonna have to yeah, cut no, it from no. the podcast? You take the match because you wanted to go to a rodeo was not know, on the yeah. list. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll tell you one of the list of things a sixteen-year-old can do. <laughs> if that's the issue, then you're doing fine. Um, yeah. No, and my it, is a golden child. I'm not. <laughs> she Denver Law School. Like yeah. she's, she's the one that. Yeah, the blemish on your record is you take the match to go to a rodeo. <laughs> that's that's quite the blemish, Fiona. I've oh, I told. wasn't allowed to go. I did not go to. <laughs> I was locked away that's it makes sense and you know I know for you playing tennis growing up and you've obviously talked about your love for it already but correct me if I'm wrong I believe your first tennis experience came in Japan early in your life and talk to me about that because that sounds fascinating what is junior tennis like in Japan um it's incredible it's absolutely unbelievable we I grew up, I guess, kind of learning how to play on, they're called Omni courts. Okay. So it's, it's turf grass with sand. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mix between clay and grass, if that's even possible. Um, Cause I know they're kind of opposites, but sure. they have these courts because there's a lot of tropical storms and it rains a lot in Japan and you can still play in the rain um, on these courts. Okay. If you like, I mean, considering your rackets and strings and all of that, but as a seven-year-old, I'm not thinking about that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, the most sure. wet, like my rackets, for, you know, like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, I started playing um, competitively in Japan around honestly eight years old, I would say. And I was traveling with the team. My first experience, I can't exactly recall where we went, but my parents were just like, yeah, go. And we took a train to like one of the mainland cities and I was there for like by myself with my with my doubles partner Kyoka for a few days in our coach and it was just the best experience of my life I mean I so I guess from a young age I've kind of just loved traveling with a team and and being on a team Mm -hmm. um because that's something that they really value in Japan too it's it's a lot more um it's not as individualistic you never like in junior tennis when I came back to America there's a lot of stress with like, oh, you've got to warm up at this time. You've got to find a partner and all of this. But um, it was much more. And maybe that was just because we were young and it wasn't as competitive. It was always fun. And I still have like kind of a script of one of my brother's um, coaches, what he wrote me. He, he just said in Japanese, just he just said, and I can't remember because 12 years in, you know, San Antonio, Texas, I, I didn't really use Japanese a lot. But um, he just said, always enjoy tennis, always have fun. 
Um, and so that's something that honestly has stuck with me to this day. So I, I say this. <laughs> yeah, no, I say this lovingly. Are you better at speaking Japanese or driving right now? Oh, these are the hard questions. This is what Mrs. Crawley wants to know. Not you exposing all of my weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, there aren't many on the tennis court, so I got to find the off-court things. Honestly, honestly speaking Japanese. Okay. Because That's... I I have practiced driving um, <laughs> since my nine-year-old self. <laughs> I haven't really practiced Japanese since then. Yeah. So I got to say, yeah, I'm better at driving. Mm -hmm. And so you come back and obviously you're one of the top juniors in the country. You're playing Easter Bulls where, you know, you're playing the Chinwens of the world who are now top 40 players. Was pro tennis ever in your mind prior to considering college or were you always going to go play college tennis? College was always the dream um, for me. Both of my siblings played college tennis and I just, I wanted to have that experience. I think in high school, um, going to a public high school and having that social life and having, um, you know, kind of not an escape, but just perspective. I feel like that really helped, um, form who I am today and not saying that I would hide that side of my life, but it was kind of, um, identity crisis, you know, in high school, going to school all day and then wanting to go to the mall with my friends after school, but going to practice instead and trying to find balance in that sort of a life. But I knew that I wanted to go to college because I knew that then kind of both of my loves and both of my lives would be combined because my teammates have become my sisters and it's really nice to travel together and have that kind of um, realization that like it all, like it all just kind of, was for something and I'm honestly like so happy like I love college tennis so much and if professional tennis um still is on the horizon I would never give up the experience and the lessons and the life that I'm having and living now so no that's great to hear and you know for you and I'm doing the math in my head because I think it was what March 2020 when the pandemic kind of shut everything down. That's your senior year of high school, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that year, first freshman year, I mean, did that impact your recruiting experience at all? Or you were already committed to North Carolina at that point? I was already committed. Um, fortunately, I was able to take my official visit. And I actually came back and visited Carolina unofficially again before I committed. Um, but it didn't take away from... I still signed in the fall and everything it was. So that was kind of, I guess, nice to know that, that I had that, um, like not cushion, I guess, but just, I don't know. Um, I knew that I was like for sure locked into Carolina and even Lindsay and Carson, um, the sophomores who it did affect their class. Um, it didn't affect the way that coach had offered them and the way that coach had told them, yes, there's a spot here. You're coming even though the team might be bigger because the fifth years would choose to stay. Um, coach is super loyal and, and honorable to his word. And he kept those. Yeah, no, this is, no, this is good. Again, I, I think I got what I needed there. And, okay. yeah. you know, I am curious because it's always interesting. You know, I love him and I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time around him. 
But what's the first impression of Coach Calvis when he's trying to recruit you? Because I would just like, I'd love to see him in that mode. I haven't seen him in recruiting mode. And I imagine it's very interesting. Honestly, he's exactly the same. (laughs) He's super lively, super intense, super fun, super passionate, super into like super smart um, and just all around one of the best people, one of the best people, greatest (laughs) greatest men that I've ever met in my life and um how I describe it to people like to recruits that are coming and and other people that I talk to even family members now I would say that if my dad didn't walk me down the aisle on my wedding day it would be coach and tie <laughs> I still might ask them to do it I might walk twice <laughs> <laughs> a couple laps hey, let me yeah let me go back <laughs> <laughs> no I mean he is and you're walking onto a team. I mean, I can only imagine what it's like, especially because all the. I mean, I guess when you were going in, you probably assumed that Alexa, Sarah, McKenna, you know, they would all have graduated, and that it was it was right. going to be a little bit of a younger team. When you, you know, what's that first fall like, particularly when there, you know, there are COVID rules in play. No one really knows what's going on. What was that transition like for you? Honestly, I think that personally it helped me so much because knowing how crazy and chaotic college is, being able to kind of get into a routine, like go move into the dorm and not have the busy like like campus everywhere people and going to the dining hall and having to wait for an hour to get food and walking to classes and being confused and all of that. I feel like for me, just going like moving out of state and being completely in a different environment with people that I don't know. Like I'd have the same friends since I'd moved back from Japan and Texas. And I was like, I, I forgot how to make friends. Like, I don't know, like what if these girls don't know me? Like I put on a sundress after practice and McKenna kind of looks at me in the locker room. She was like, where are you going? And I was like, back to the dorm. And she was like, why do you have a sundress on? And I was like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know. This is just what I do in Texas because it's really hot. We usually change. And I mean, just kind of like getting so close with the team really helped us for the spring. I think um, I was still terrified as a freshman. And honestly, I still am. Like, I still feel like a freshman. Um, I accidentally told somebody that I was 17 recently. And I, I really have to think about how old I am still. Um but that fall, it really did help me. And we still, we still would compete against each other. We would have, um, if you ask Riley or Sarah about this, like they'll tell you the same thing because it would be this build up to Friday. Cause we would have small groups Monday through Thursday, but then Friday it would be, and we always knew it was coming. It was Carolina versus Navy. And we divide the team in halves and half would be Carolina and half would be Navy. And me, Riley and Sarah would just be like, oh my God, we're going to have to go play. And we only had three courts because men's tennis would have at our other facility. Now it's getting redone, would have the other three courts. And so it would be this thing where you would get put in against, I'd be playing, you know, Sarah Davitel is a freshman, lose, lose, get pounded. And after you lose enough, then somebody else on your team, like let's say I'm blue and let's say Sarah Dab would be Navy. Um, you know, somebody's behind me. I've lost enough points where they're like, switch, like ping pong. So we switch out because we only have three courts <laughs> with 13 girls. So um, that was an experience. And we'd always be nervous for the for the blue versus baby um, showdown. But I think it definitely was the best thing for us because 
Um, it's great competition playing each other. Um, and it, it honestly, it brings you closer for sure. So it was, it was a unique fall, but it was fun. And I think in the long run, it really, it did help me. Um, what was the level of competition like? Because as I talked about, you know, you played the Easter Bowls and the Junior U.S. Opens of the world. And, you know, now you go to this college campus. What was the level like right away? And how competitive did practices get? Because I've heard some stories. And, you know, again, I imagine they were pretty fun. You know, I try to do my job. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, No, I think that the level, I think that that's what makes our team so extraordinary Um, it's that we bring 100% of whatever percent we are that day, given there's a lot of other variables going on in college and we hold each other accountable to, you know, check in and make sure that we're all doing well. But if you're, um, you know, not injured mentally or physically, like we're going to go and we're going to try to give hundred percent of whatever we have. And I think that is what makes our team so special. We're so competitive and we love it. We love competing. I know that, um, days that we have like game days um scotty elizabeth scotty especially just she gets really into it even when we're just trying to hit the cone we're serving i'm takes me a long time to do things takes me a long time to get ready in the morning it takes me a long time to bounce the ball and scotty's very go 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 and so we're very different in that aspect so i'm like getting ready and trying to serve and we're on a timer to try to hit the cone um, to see how many people can hit the call the most. And she's like, beat, hurry up. And I'm like, Scotty, you get in there. And she like goes and bounces the ball once and, you know, um, hits the cone immediately. <laughs> so <laughs> she's good to have on your team. But no, I think that we're all really competitive and we definitely bring that to practice, which, which helps us. Yeah, no. And obviously you walk onto a team right away that goes through an undefeated season and wins the national indoors. I want to ask about the final because, in my opinion, I always, whenever anyone asks me what's the best match I've ever been to, I always say that national indoor final. But before we talk about that, the next day, the snowstorm, did you think your chance of dying that day, getting out of Oklahoma City, was greater than zero? Because there was a moment when we were trying to drive back, and I don't think they've ever salted a road in Oklahoma because there was like a layer of sleet, and they were just not prepared for it. And I was like, all right, this might be the way I go out. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, actually, I would say like the day before, I had a bad feeling because we walked to go get Pokeballs. Um <laughs> on this on the street uh that was i can't remember what the street was called but it was the street that the, the street, street. That, it was yeah. like our franklin street yeah, yeah exactly yeah. the street that we just always went to probably called like state street main street exactly. yeah, it'd be a good guess yeah and we were kind of like shuffling our feet and sliding and like trying not to fall <laughs> down every time i know it was terrifying so this is when i was like wait we're gonna play tonight and then we're gonna leave tomorrow like absolutely no way but um it was it was my birthday it was still my birthday at that point so I was like it's fine I and I'm um another fun fact I hate my birthday I hate it it stresses me out I feel like very overwhelmed easily and so I just I don't I I don't like my birthday um and so I was like no way we're playing finals on my birthday given we didn't end up you're talking about my freshman year right just yeah 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 okay yeah Oklahoma so I was like okay okay this is let me not start talking about the wrong (laughs) (laughs) um but no that 
that match was incredible. And the next morning when we woke up after sleeping for maybe two hours, because we were also juiced, um, we were almost relieved that because we got in the van, but coach didn't even drive. I want to say a foot like he was like, no, we're going back inside. We're changing the flight. And so we were all like, okay. So we went back inside and um, joined our Zoom classes and did school. That's a winning play. That is yeah. Coach Calvis at his finest. Um, yeah, for yeah, sure. because the match ended at like one thirty-two, and yeah. you know, obviously, you got it was a good match against Pepperdine the round before as well. But yes. why that match was so fun? A couple of things. Obviously, Texas smoked you in the doubles. I think enough time has passed. We can say they that. They have. Yes. No, yeah. that's true. Um, and then, I mean. Talk about two. I've just never seen someone with a look of Alexa and Sarah where it was like, all right, just put two points on the board. Like we are yeah. winning these two and we yeah. got to find two more. And again, you go down a first set. Scotty goes down big as well. It's your freshman year. What's going through your head? And it's your birthday. You know, what's going yeah. through your head in that moment? Um, I'm looking over at Scotty and I'm thinking this girl – is not going to lose. So if we're going to lose, it's going to be on me. (laughs) And I was really scared. I'm not going to lie. I was like, Oh my God, like I gotta, like, I gotta give Scotty this chance to like, cause I know she's going to come back. I know. And I was down. Um, I want to say two, four Mm -hmm. and the third. And at that point I was just trying to buy time. I was just trying to like stay alive. Um, but it is kind of a joke on my team that, in those super intense moments that I like quote unquote black out Carson and I talk about this a lot because I think we have a similar experience where we kind of just as stressful as that time was I think that like I was able to compartmentalize like to a point where I found that like perfect equilibrium of like efficient stress where I could like use it and having um you know just the team like right there beside me I kind of just blocked out everything else that was going on and in that situation you got to just play one point at a time like I was like okay I'm gonna win this match in between points where I go back to my towel and regroup and go up to the line and this is when I was really struggling with my serve so I'm like I'm just gonna put my first serve in the court (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I mean it worked obviously and you know you guys take the match and that whole year and, you know, your entire freshman season, you're undefeated in dual match play. And I think the record in the end was what, like, uh, something very, very good to know um, <laughs> overall on the year. And I'm curious at what point being undefeated, I'm sure, is always very cool. And, you know, it's like a cool thing. You're two months in. You're like, oh, I haven't lost yet to the point where it becomes uh, like I haven't lost yet. I feel like I have to win this match or I'm letting everyone down. Was there a moment yeah. maybe that where that switch happens? Um, I think that I did, honestly, my freshman year, I didn't really feel that I was just so happy to be on court and to be able to compete and everything was new. And like, it was just, it was such a dream. Like it was absolutely incredible. And so my freshman year, I kind of just rode that high all the way through. Um, but I remember not necessarily in the fall of my sophomore year, but Right before the spring, I, um, we went, we spent, um, Christmas. Oh my God. Was that this January? Is it this still the same year? I think so. Was my, oh my God. 
that's <laughs> something about that's wrong. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's really crazy to think about. Um, so I guess, yeah, this past January, I remember walking on the beach with my sister in North Carolina because we went and had a family vacation there with um, my aunt and uncle that live in Greensboro. They drove down um, and cousins. And I was like, Celine, I am so scared. Like, I remember last year and it was just so fun. I don't think I can do it again. Like, I, like, I'm nervous. I, I couldn't help but think I can only do worse, <laughs> you know? And she was like, it's a, it's a different situation. It's a different team. It's you're older. It's a different position, you know? And don't, don't think about that. Just, just go out and try your best. And you've always done well because you've always had fun. So don't, don't think about that. You can't. And that really helped calm me. Um, but I guess going into going into spring um, this past January, my sophomore year, I did have those doubts for sure. And I was thinking about it um, in that sense. Mm-hmm. This might be a wasted question, but I feel like we should unpack this since we're going through everything. Okay. There's a little, a little anger behind, I went on the family trip with our grandparents and cousins. You kind of dismiss the cousins oh, there. Should, should I be I? reading into that? No, I did not mean to at all. <laughs> I, know, I, just I, I love my cousins. Okay, no. Family yeah. is number one value for me, and I absolutely love my cousins. And it was actually a special experience because um, maybe I said this because I was. it was just me, my sister, um, and two of our, Abby and Madeline, two of our other cousins. Because mm-hmm. Abby, she lives in New York City. She's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And she got COVID, and she tested positive. And so... Selene, like me, Selene and Madeline were like, okay, we're going to sacrifice ourselves and we're all going to move into this house and we're all going to, so my sister actually tested positive for COVID and we like slept in the same bed for like a month and somehow I kept testing and I never tested positive. So, but we all quarantined in a house together. So, um, maybe that's why I said cousins because it was, it was family vacation, but it was the cousins. There it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. It was the memory associated with it. That's good. Okay, now I understand. Um, but it was so fun. Yeah, yeah, and I'm curious that first year because not only are you undefeated, the team goes undefeated through the NCAA semifinals, and we can talk about that semifinal match, I guess, if you want. But I'm just curious what that ride is like your freshman year for that to be a first college tennis experience. Yeah. I mean, that's it's not nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, it was absolutely unbelievable. It's incredible. I mean, the feeling that I get still thinking back to, like, I can still feel it now. Like, it's something that, like, I'll always have with me for the rest of my life. And even experiencing it again, um, nothing ever happens the same way twice, but it doesn't, it doesn't get old. Like, the feeling of just, like, the adrenaline, the rush, the, like, being on court, playing next to each other, the warm up. Um, it's just unparalleled like that. I don't know. I just, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. How different was last year? You know, just I, because not that the talent was any different on the roster, but obviously the presence of Sarah, Alexa, McKenna, the experience they bring into every match. Did it feel like a little bit of a turning of a page, like a new chapter for North Carolina last year? Yes, I think, I think definitely it did. Um, and I think we did lose, you know, like incredible, like incredible, incredible players, um, that all contributed. So in so many ways to the team. Um, but I think that like the number one thing that our team prides ourselves on is just our fight. 
Mm-hmm. So that's something that um, you don't lose. And I think that we were we were just as motivated, um, if not more, to try to like show up and defend and fight um, and win. Um, but but yeah, yeah. And I mean, the entire ACC. I feel like you guys get tested in that way each and every week, each and every so match. Hard. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch, certainly. It's brutal. Yeah, I, I mean, there are certainly no weeks off. And, you know, with that in mind, I'm curious. Yeah. And I know we sort of talked about this earlier, but as we look at this season, I mean, I can go seven, eight names, nine names easy when I look at the North Carolina roster and you guys have that depth. How important will that be for you guys this year as you look to, you know, build off of what was funny? It's funny to put it this way, but like last year sort of feels like year one and this is year two of this yeah. chapter. You know, yeah. how important is that depth? Um, I mean, I think it is really important. I think just knowing that that we're so strong, like all 10, like we are we are a team like fully together. Um, and honestly, like 13, that's what the coaches too. Like, and we just have, you know, blind faith and trust in them to know like what to do when the time comes, what's right. Um, beginning, middle and end of season, um, to see what's best for, for each individual and as a team, um, to go in and play and play together for each other. What would be a more stressful thing if you were the seventh player in the singles lineup this season, or if coach Calbus came to you and said, Fiona, you choose our singles lineup. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. Both of those stress me out, Both yeah. of those really <laughs> out but honestly, probably definitely being the seventh player because I could not, I could <laughs> not like yeah. coaches he's incredible. He's special. And he like knows how to handle everything with absolute, like in the classiest manner. So he does, he, he's very good at his job. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to leave that up to him. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely some tough decisions that he has to make. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm reserving the right to bring you back on the show at some point in the future. And I'm sure we'll have to, cause you'll win something else. Um, but uh-huh. as you look for your team this season, you know, I don't want to say expectations because I think that's stupid, but what are the things, you know, you have seen here in the fall that have you encouraged as we turn the page towards January? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, a little bit behind the scenes on behalf of my entire team, we've been working so hard. Like we're all so driven and so excited. And this team this year, it really is special. And we've been having so much fun together from painting pumpkins to, you know, like practicing together to doing expeditions with, um, you know, different, different club members at the top travel tennis club. We've just really like cultivated a team atmosphere and we have, uh, the same, the same goals. And we definitely talk about those with each other and motivate each other. Um, and so I think that's the best thing that we can do leading up to the season and just seeing how, um, you know, like four of us are going, are going to San Diego, um, on Monday. And we're really excited for that. And that alone and our appearance at all Americans, I think, um, I think was really strong and, and we're just, we're just hopefully going to ride that till May. I like to hear it. Well, my last question for you, because, you know, you hear things and I've seen some of of what it's supposed to look like. Talk to me about the new facility. How does it look? How's it going down there? 
It looks where I think the indoor courts are supposed to be done um, this next week. And so we'll probably go all together as a team and see like what the, the locker room and we haven't been in the locker room in so long. I miss it. I forgot what it, <laughs> what it looks like, honestly, yeah. but the indoor courts look beautiful. They're Carolina blue colors, yeah. um, which is really exciting. And coach keeps on talking about the 4k lighting. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> there was a few times where a squirrel would fall um, from the ceiling onto my court and yeah. I would have to, pause like the match that I was playing and being like please the squirrel is in the back you got to get it off you got to get it off um so no more squirrels on court and now we'll be able to see so (laughs) it'll be it'll be good and And if you were undefeated in the squirrel era you know what's going to happen when there are no squirrels as distractions like yeah we're all looking out but squirrels helped i don't know (laughs) (laughs) just helped you refocus yeah i mean one of many things we continue to learn but you know thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today of course congratulations on the ita all-american title good luck in san diego and yeah i'm sure we will chat with you again soon Thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you, Crack Rackets.